Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel, and today we're speaking with Chris Cole. Chris is the author of the memoir, The Body of Chris. He's also a life coach. In his memoir, Chris details the most honest account I've ever read about his experience with bipolar disorder and addiction and how he navigated his own health to help others. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excellent. So, Chris, in your memoir, you were probably, you know, one of the most honest writers I've ever encountered, and you seemed to hold nothing back as you detailed your journey through binge eating and drinking and drug use, and you ended up struggling with bipolar disorder. What inspired you to write this book? Oh, my gosh. Well, when I when I initially got diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 18, it totally blindsided me. And I felt like I had no idea that it could even happen to me. I mean, everything I ever heard about psychosis was something out of like a horror movie or some terrible news in the media. And I wanted to have a real human account and give somebody the gift that I didn't feel like I really had, which was another young man struggling to come to terms with these issues. Mm -hmm. You... You wrote about how you experienced several relapses. Would you, you know, what would you say was the defining moment that really led to recovery and finding a way through this? Well, you know, I felt like I had a lot of bottoms throughout my, um, you know, addiction, and I, I had a few manic episodes and depressive episodes with bipolar and um, disordered eating. So I, I had a lot of issues going on, and they were all kind of comorbid they all went together and it's impossible for me to say you know here's where one begins and ends and then the other one picks up they all kind of went together and so I would say if I had to really pinpoint a time when things just started going up and moving in the direction of recovery it was when I got sober and that was in 2007 um that was the last time I ever had any alcohol or drugs and and even though I still was struggling with uh, disordered eating and was still having some issues with bipolar disorder, just having the clarity of a sober and clean mind and body let, led me to a path of recovery that I think I just I couldn't ever really stray from. You wrote also, you know, you wrote extensively about going out into the wilderness and hiking and how that was a, that played a big role in your recovery, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that so when I got when I got sober, that was actually how that was the rehab I went to was actually in the wilderness. And so it was a I I had always loved being in the wilderness and it gave me a great peace of mind and perspective and kind of balanced me out and um, I had had wilderness experiences before that, but some uh, family friend recommended that I go to a wilderness rehab where it combined a wilderness program with um, drug and alcohol rehabilitation and, and therapy and clinical services. And it was during that time where I felt like I finally got to a place of acceptance that I just could never drink again. I could never drink like a normal person. And 
just being able to absolutely accept that gave me the starting point for um, the healing that I needed to do in other areas. Wow. I I thought it was so interesting as I read because, I mean, I I know I've said this a couple times already, but you were just so honest and forthcoming, and I think there's just so much of a gift here for people that also struggle with bipolar disorder to be able to, you know, read your account. And is there anything you could possibly say to somebody that's kind of in that place where they're kind of contemplating, maybe I don't need the medication, maybe I should just do my own thing? Um, right. What would be your advice for them? Well, I think I think it's really about honesty, you know. I mean, part of me conveying the honesty in the book is letting – is hopefully inspiring others to be honest with themselves. And – if somebody is going through this stuff, I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, and, and I can never, I would never say you have to take medicine or you, or you, mm-hmm. or you have to do this or you have to do that. I would just have somebody really think about it in terms of manageability. And is it, you know, when when you're being absolutely honest with yourself, do you have stability in your life? And if you don't, how are you going to get it? Mm-hmm. You know. But if we can't, if we can't be honest with ourselves and say and say, yeah, things aren't looking well, and um, I'm a lot more unstable than I'd like to be, well, then we're not going to accept any kind of treatment, you know, medication or otherwise. Um, So it it requires a great deal of honesty to live a life of recovery because without that, you just don't even know where to start, you know. So that's what I would say to somebody that's dealing with these issues is just be honest with yourself and be honest with others because that's what it takes to really get started. Now, do you have a plan in place so that if there's, you know, are there triggers that seem to exasperate the issue or things that you have people close to you to watch out for and say, hey, Chris, you know, I'm noticing this. Are you okay? Or Absolutely. So I'm really close with my family, my, uh, Mm -hmm. especially my my parents and, and my wife, of course. And so I would say uh, those are the main three people that sort of uh, give me feedback on how I'm doing. And if they notice that I'm a little up or down, they'll tell me, especially my wife. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, anybody that's in a close relationship or marriage can understand that um, if you're a little off emotionally, it's impossible to keep that from your significant other. And so um, she really gives me a lot of feedback and helps me understand uh, where I where I might need a little more assistance if I'm going astray. And then um, also I work with professionals. So, like, I I see a psychologist regularly. I see a psychiatrist. And um, no matter matter what my medication routine is, I still see a psychiatrist to just uh, check in around my mood and what my needs are. And the same thing goes with the psychologist. So, you know, I'm I'm checking in frequently – every couple of weeks or once a month and just, and just checking in and letting her know how my life's going. And, um, and from there we assess what needs to happen. Yeah. So it's really like bringing together a tribe of people to help you heal and continually keeping up with that tribe to check in with one another and, you know, really Absolutely. make sure that you're in the best place possible. Absolutely. And I think what, I think what can happen for people that are, diagnosed with some sort of psychiatric disorder, mood disorder, anything like that, is there can be kind of a lost sense of trust with oneself. And so 
a lot of my recovery has been restoring that, that, that even though I do have these mood fluctuations and can lose perspective a little bit, trusting that sort of innate wisdom that is within me that can, when honest, recognize uh, whether I'm on the path or I'm not. You know, that's something that uh, is really important and I think can get lost for a lot of people that are going through these issues. Everyone, you're listening to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibel, and today we're talking with author and life coach Chris Cole about his memoir, The Body of Chris. When we come back from the break, we'll discuss his writing practice and his journey towards inspiring and helping others battling mental illness and addiction issues. We'll be right back. Your story is begging to be told, but do you know where to start? Crystal Lee Quibell is dedicated to helping you achieve your book publishing dreams. Go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com, and sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter today. Welcome back to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibble, and we're continuing our conversation with Chris Cole, life coach and author of the memoir, The Body of Chris. In the memoir, Chris writes and details his experience through addiction, bipolar disorder, and how he believed he was the second coming of Christ. This memoir was probably one of the most honest accounts I've ever read, and I believe this is truly such an important book for people that struggle with mental illness to read and have a real-life account of someone who came through the other side and is now inspiring and helping others. Chris, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. (laughs) Now, Chris, when you wrote this, did you find that it, it really helped heal some of your past wounds, you know, with family and friends and maybe, you know, because I know with mental illness sometimes we can burn bridges with people um, right. and we really want to heal that. Did you find it healing to write this? I did. Um, you know, I had already done quite a bit of personal work as far as uh, making amends and mending relationships that that I had um, damaged in any way. So I wouldn't say it was so much healing relationships, mm-hmm. but what it did do is it kind of um, – it was kind of healing for myself to put it down, put it all down on paper, and really start to find perspective on all the things that I've been through and the things that I've been through with other people. Mm-hmm. Because it can be really confusing, you know, and, and it's such a whirlwind, and we don't always have that opportunity to sit down and reflect on how far we've come, you know. Absolutely. Did you, when you decided to write the book, did you have a daily writing routine that you stuck with? I did. So I wrote, um, I tried to write at least a thousand words every day, Monday through Friday. And I did that for a period of about four months. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and that got you to the completion of the first draft. Yes, that got me to the completion. And the biggest thing for me was just um, not going back. So mm-hmm. I would I would read like a couple pages to get caught up on w- where I was in the story, but I wouldn't go back and edit. I just would leave leave everything as it was so I could finish that first draft. That's excellent advice because really a lot of people, especially writers, are tempted to go back and edit and fix and they want it perfect the first time. But 
it's it's really excellent advice to say just read the last couple pages that you wrote so you can continue with the same you know on the same track and get that first draft finished because that's so important a lot of people don't ever finish the first draft oh my gosh i mean i can't even tell you how many times i wrote started writing the book and stopped before i yeah. before i finally did it and it was <laughs> it was really um I was introduced to Anne Lamott's uh, idea of shitty first draft. Yes. <laughs> um, in her book, Bird by Bird. And yes. I got introduced to that actually in, in college. And that was like how I wrote a lot of my papers. And mm-hmm. so I finally just applied that wisdom to the whole book. And, yeah, if I didn't get that first draft done, as shitty as it was, <laughs> um, I would not have been able to finish it. No way. Yeah, absolutely. Anne's book is fantastic as well. Anne Lamott writes Bird by Bird, which is a writing a book chock full of writing advice from the famous author. You know, Chris, after you were finished writing your book, did you use an agent? Did you find an agent or query? So I I began I read a I read a book something like how to how to publish your book, everything you know about how to publish your book or something. One of those kind of how to books. And um I I followed the steps, it's sort of traditional route, and I started querying agents. And I did that for probably two or three weeks before I got a little disheartened and was like, you know, I feel like it's hard for people to really understand what I'm bringing to mm-hmm. uh, what what I'm bringing to the table. And not only that, but I didn't have a fin- I didn't have a completed manuscript yet. And so I was I was pitching the idea with just a few sample chapters and I, I cover so much in my book that it was hard for me to convey the whole piece in these like sample chapters and, and pitches. And so what I ended up doing is I, I was reading up on some agent um, kind of how to stuff. And I came across an agent's article that introduced me to a new crowdfunded publishing platform called ink shares. Oh, wow. They've been around. They've only been around for about a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to check it out, it's inkshares.com. And inkshares.com, basically, perfect. Yeah, basically um, what people do is they pre-order the book, and if you get to a certain threshold of pre-orders, then Inkshares takes you on as an author and publishes your book and, and does everything a traditional publisher would do for you, only they're not – they're kind of minimizing their risk because their 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 point of view is that there's already an audience for your book if you can get to that mm. pre-order threshold. That's a fabulous alternative to going with the traditional route because it's really crowdfunding for a book deal. Yeah, absolutely. And and people have been crowdfunding books for a while now with like Kickstarter and sites like that, but this is um this is a site where once you once you hit that goal, they take you on and do the work as opposed to Kickstarter, you hit the goal, and then you have to figure out how to like self-publish it and things like that. Mm-hmm. So now you've got – so when you found this company, you contact Inkshares.com, and then they basically, you know, put you up as though um, – as though it's, you know – how they do a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter, and then once that comes into, once you get so many people, they'll publish the book. That's correct, right? Exactly. So they they give every 
once you uh, publish your your project, you pitch your project on their site. They give you a great like project website page that you can oh, share with uh, share with contacts. Anybody can go check it out um, on Inkshares. There's all these projects. Uh, mine's up there. It's it's still going to be up there, and um, and it's basically just a little bit of information. You you have a certain amount of words. You can pitch it. You can upload a sample chapter, and there's oh, that's little. Fantastic. Yeah, and there's little ways for people to pre-order the book, however many copies they want. And so as, as you have people interested, you stay up on the website, and so they continue that for forever? Right. So Inkshares will always sell my book. So if, so anybody can go to my Inkshares project page and order the book now and have it delivered just like if you were ordering off you know, Amazon or mm-hmm. Barnes & Noble or something. Um, what's kind of cool about Inkshares is if somebody purchases your book, they also follow you and you can update them with like, um, little email updates. Oh, so I can, so so like I'll, I'll send an email update to my 300 followers on Inkshares telling them that I did this interview today, you know, sending them the link, stuff like that. So you, you get a little bit more of a following than if somebody just orders it off Amazon, you know, you never hear from from them again Mm. unless they leave you a review or something. Wow, that's amazing. I had never heard of that before today, so I think that's wonderful to share with our listeners. Chris, what would you say was the best advice you've ever received about writing? Um, so I've already talked about Anne Lamott's shitty first draft. Yes. And what I would say is, in addition to that, if I had to do another one, it would be the whole show-don't-tell advice. Mm. You know, Um especially for something where like I'm a, I'm a life coach and so I'm writing this uh really emotional um uh vulnerable piece on my own story and it was really hard to not kind of like jump out of that and start and start analyzing my own story and getting kind of heady about it as opposed to really going through the experience with the reader um so I think that's what has really made it as honest and compelling as it is and what people have really been liking about the book is that I didn't I didn't do that sort of analytical voice. I really let myself uh go through and feel what was happening in each step of the way. Mhm. Now, in terms of promoting your book, what have you found the best ways to promote it and help sales? So I've been doing um, guest blogging, which has helped a good bit. Um, I'm a regular blogger for the International Bipolar Foundation, which has been mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, I've had a I've had a guest blog on Psychology Today, which did really well. And um, other than that, just a lot of Facebooking and Twitter and email. Yeah. And I have an incredible support system. I mean. When I put up my eShares page for the project, uh, I had so many contacts that I was going to go through professionally and personally, and I got this thing funded in two weeks, which was just incredible. Wow! Uh, only telling, only telling friends and family, and then them telling other people, and it just sort of spread out from there. So That's I would amazing. say social media has been the biggest has been the biggest help for me. Absolutely, and I think too. I find, you know, especially with a lot of authors, you know, your publisher isn't going to do all the work for you. So you really have to hustle your book out there and really get the message oh, out. Yeah. And, 
you know, there's just so many ways through social media. But I just absolutely love the idea that it was two weeks. So from, you know, from the beginning to the end, it was two weeks to raise the funds to get the book out there. And I just think that's so fantastic. You know, you've also managed to persevere to find a treatment plan that's really worked for you. And now you're also offering coaching to others who may have had similar experiences that you detail in the book. Um, Right. You know, you do coaching as well. So what do you help people with specifically? So the biggest thing I can do is be a treatment advocate for people. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm an advocate for for people to seek their options psychiatrically, um, psychologically, therapeutically, and um, the model I work with is sort of five areas. So I do mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and social areas of people's lives. And so we examine these five areas. We try to come up with services that they might need. We try to come up with goals that we can sustain. And it's really, you know, the logistics are wonderful, but when it comes down to it, having somebody that has already been through what you've been through and can relate to what you're going through and has sort of those personal anecdotal stories about what, what, how they related, I mean, that's just, um, you just can't, it's so valuable to have that relational quality because otherwise people feel isolated. I mean, if you're, if you're in doctor's office, it doesn't matter how many doctor's visits you have. If you can't relate to somebody, it just feels so isolating, you know? And so that's the biggest gift I give to people. I love that. And people can find you for coaching at colecoaching.com. What's the main message you'd like for people who read the book to take away from it? So the main message I think that the book leaves with people, and, and I certainly hope this is the message it leaves, is certainly how I felt when I wrote it, is that no matter what anyone goes through, no matter what we go through, no matter how hard it is, it can still have the power to be transformative. It can still change us for the better. And, of course, I would never wish for anyone to have bipolar disorder or to go through addiction or disordered eating or any of these issues that come up in the book. But at the same time, I truly believe that I'm a better person, I'm a better man, I'm a better father and husband and son as a result. And I guess that's sort of the hope I'd like to leave with people is no matter how far down you go, you can always rise up. I love that. No matter how far down you go, you can always rise up. Chris, I have had such a wonderful chat with you today. I've really enjoyed this, and I absolutely adored the book and will be telling everyone to get a copy. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Excellent. Everyone, Chris Cole can be found online at colecoaching.com. That's C-O-L-E coaching.com. His book, The Body of Chris, can be purchased online and in bookstores near you. Please do make sure you order your copy and leave a review on Amazon and Goodreads. That always helps all of our authors that come on the program, and it's so appreciated. Please join us next time on Literary Speaking for more tips and tricks on how to get your work published as we speak with Jeff Brown, best-selling author and publisher, Visit Crystal Lee 
thebookbible.com and sign up for my newsletter to receive updates and bonus Q&A material from our guests. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibble. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibel. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibel.com. That's crystalleequibel, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals.